0: You're going to notice over time that there's a bit of a trend to this fitness podcast in the way that it is not a fitness podcast that is designed for fitness professionals, not that it can't benefit them, but it's a fitness podcast featuring fitness professionals, and in this particular episode, Sarah Cabana is not necessarily a fitness professional, but she is someone who has learned through a lot of experiences in her life. She has learned through her ability to overcome loss. She has learned through her ability to live life through tough anxiety attacks and to lean into that sense of community. And she's found that in many different ways. A bit of a backstory into one of my first connections with Sarah is last year I put on a charity boot camp slash Yoga event, and I collaborated with Sarah Lindquist, who is one of my past guests. And we gathered a bunch of people in a park in the Windermere area, and we actually had more donations than we had attendees. And Sarah Cabana was one of those people that reached out immediately to see what she could do to help. And she wasn't able to make it to the workout, but just that gesture meant a lot to me because it was just a time where I just wanted to contribute to something. And it meant so much to have people believe in me. And in this episode, we talk about the value in having key people believe in you when sometimes it's tough to believe in yourself. So this is definitely worth listening, whether you know Sarah or not. And if you do, you're going to get to know her a lot better. And if you don't, you're going to learn something about how to lead your life by following your gut, believing in yourself, and learning to make stronger relationships in business and personally. So I hope you enjoy. Share this with a friend, share it on your social media, and here we go. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. (laughs) All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, episode 111, and I am joined by the one and only Sarah Cabana. How are you doing good and you i'm good um how's your morning gone so far i know that we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic all of our routines are a little bit uh, messed up um how's your sleep schedule been lately
1: good really good yeah i'm working out from home i'm working from home keeping myself busy trying to find things that i would not normally do that i have time to do now so just making it as positive as positive as i can
0: What's the first thing that you realized that you could do that you didn't really have time to do before?
1: So, uh, so I'm going to jump into another subject, but I have created a community in Quebec. It's called Les Pros d'Apo and it's the skin pros uh, in English. Uh, the English version is not really picking up so well, but the French is very, it's keeping busy. It's how to raise the standards in the beauty industry in the aesthetic world by education also by knowing what we're allowed to do as kin professionals uh, the differentiation between an estheticians and a dermatologists and a nurse so anyway I took a break of this because I was so busy with my business that I didn't have time to take care of the community in Quebec so right now this is what I'm doing I'm working really hard to build up again that community uh, trying to organize lives with uh, dermatologists scientists so that's keeping myself busy right now that's really what I'm doing
0: what first motivated you to start a community like that like what was the moment in your career where you were like I need to branch out and do something bigger than myself
1: i was a sales rep at the time and an educator also and i was visiting estheticians dermatologists skincare clinic that i felt that they were by themselves and i was the one interacting with both like i knew what was happening at one clinic so i was able to share with the other clinic so i said you know what i'm going to start a community where everyone will be able to share all together and don't feel alone anymore right so that's how it started And then I had some people that were educators and doctors that wanted to share me a few things. So we built this all together.
0: I like that. Um, I'm going to almost spin that a little bit because where you talk about them feeling like they were by themselves, I find that people can recognize certain qualities in others when they've been through it in their own journey. In your career, in the starting out phases, What was the first moment that you can recall where you really felt like you were by yourself and what was going on in your career at that moment?
1: When I was young, I always wanted to be a sales rep. My father was a sales rep. My mother was a sales rep. And when I started working for the first company in the aesthetic, I was a customer service and I knew I wanted to be a sales rep. And so they were telling me, you're too young. You're way too young. And so I was I worked for them for four years. And at 24, they asked me if I wanted to be a sales rep. So I said, yes, finally, my dream, right? And then suddenly it was completely the opposite of of what I was thinking, right? When you're a sales rep, you're by yourself in your car, uh, you're dealing with clients from morning to like evenings, Uh, you're trying to get answers from your boss, from your colleagues, no one is answering. So, I kind of really felt that you know what? I know what it's it what it is to be by yourself, and I think that's where it led me to create this community. That's a really good question, Chris.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, how did the phrase "You're too young" shape how you run your business today? Like when you got told that, I'm sure it kind of uh, went into how you do what you do today in that it influenced um, how you treat others and how you see others and just your attitude.
1: Yeah. I, I care for people like I, you can tell, I just, I love people. Um, So I, I don't know, Chris, it's, it's hard for me to say, I think I think that made me stronger to a point where I wanted to say, you know what? You're telling me I'm too young, but I'm going to prove you that at 24 years old, I can be a sales rep. And at that time, I was living in Montreal and I, um, I decided to uh, move. I moved to Ottawa. I took over Ottawa and the Maritimes. So Halifax, New Brunswick. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think I like to say when people push me and dare me. I think this is where i'm like okay i can do this
0: well i mean from my perspective so you're creating sort of like a community and there's many instances in your career that i've witnessed just through social media where you're um elevating others where like essentially when we're in any business in any kind of uh industry um the easy way is to focus on ourselves, And then the tough way is to look at the people around us and see how we can improve the people around us. If we're playing the long game by improving the people around us, like it's, it's like a rising tide and everybody improves together. Like it's not going to set me back to, um, help other trainers be better trainers, just like it's not going to set you back to help other skin professionals be better skin professionals. And so I kind of feel like, uh, when you kind of got told like there's something that you can't do because of age which is just irrelevant like there's a lot of really talented young people um it almost instilled a a fiery passion in you to be like no i'm not only going to prove you wrong i'm going to help like a whole bunch of other people also prove you wrong which is really cool
1: yes yes (laughs) It's, it's funny that you're saying this because i still talk to this company that i no longer work with and that's what they say to me like they can't they don't like they realize what i've been since i left them and now where i am right so they really like that they follow me they're in the community uh they like someone from the marketing this week is going to do a video a live video from this company so it's fun yes
0: that's awesome so how many provinces in canada have you lived in
1: uh so i lived um i would say I lived in Quebec, of course, Ontario uh, and B.C. and Alberta.
0: So, were you born in Quebec? I've
1: been a sales rep, yeah, what?
0: Born and raised in Quebec?
1: Yeah, born and raised in Quebec.
0: What is childhood like there? I imagine it's a lot different than the life that you're experiencing in Alberta. Very different, like, sort of like cultural norms and stuff like that. Take me through what it's like to be a kid in Quebec.
1: Oh, uh, do you want me to go there? <laughs> uh, I I think I, and I love people from Quebec too. I just, you know what? I think I was an Albertan all my life. <laughs> it's funny because when I came here the first time, I felt like I, we were just visiting, right? And I felt like it was home already. Um, and for my close friends, they knew that I was never going to stay in Quebec just because I feel that it, they're, and don't get me wrong, they're nice people, but I feel that they're so closed as a community. They just, like, it's French, French, and no other culture, and we're we're powerful, and it's just, I don't know. It's a different mentality than what I am. Uh, especially with what's happening right now, Chris, I have lots of French. My Facebook is more French. My Instagram is more English. And I see them, like, sharing things from Quebec, and I'm like, well, what about the rest of Canada? Like, you're not by yourself, right? So that's See, I think, but other than that, I learned English when I was, I started practicing English when I was five years old, because my mother has subscribed me to an English school. And so I think, yeah, <laughs> there's cool. nothing really different other than the community, I would say.
0: That was a cool takeaway, though, because I think a lot more people are going to relate to that than what you think, in the sense that... Uh, there's a lot of people that go through a phase where they feel like the black sheep and they're like, what the heck is going on here? And then when you see something from the outside in and you realize, like, perspective, like people could broaden their perspective so much more and more likely than not be better for it. So yeah. you're seeing social media from a greater perspective than just one province and you're understanding more. But in the same sense, something that I'm a big advocate for is, like, When you broaden your perspective, you open up the doors to so many more um, just like life changing friendships and relationships and collaborations because you're you're just you're not so like stuck in your ways. You're not so biased with uh, certain assumptions, because I find that uh, people make assumptions often, especially when it comes to do social media and stuff. It's crazy.
1: Yeah really and the good thing chris is i when i became a sales rep i took over ottawa and the maritimes but i have been a sales rep in all of the other provinces after that so i got to meet people from different provinces and the 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 um, mentality and the philosophy and the people from each province is so different and the culture is also very different although we're in the same country right so that's something that I really enjoyed when I used to be a rep. I'm still a rep, but I'm more as a freelance now. But yeah.
0: So when it comes to meeting people, because I'd imagine you've met many, many, many people. um, What is something that stands out when it comes to a first impression?
1: And I'm in the beauty industry. (laughs) So the first impression is also very important. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always important, but I feel in ours is also very the appearance of the person. So I would say, I, I don't know, it's hard for me to answer.
0: Is there like a way that a person runs their business or leads their life that uh, stands out to you or almost is like a highlight amidst a sea of people?
1: Yes, when I meet someone for the first time, I, it's always usually the manager of the place or the owner of the place when you're being a sales rep and you're meeting for someone for the first time. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I go in with no intention or either I went on their social media. I know a little bit what's happening. And so I I go there and I just let them talk until I get a vibe of, right? So I don't know. It's hard for me to answer.
0: Yeah, no, but that that is a good answer, though. It's uh, being a better listener than a talker is sometimes yeah. one of our greatest assets. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of people out there, a lot of uh, probably past guests, even that when they listened instead of talking first, they realized something about a person very quickly. Um, I'll just say it like people of like an ethnic, eth- like People who are brown, essentially, they can go into a place and be a better listener and learn something about how a person um, makes first impressions very quickly. And it's a pretty ground shaking uh, revelation for a person um, where we could go into the world with open arms and learn about people and be better for it instead of going into... The world with closed arms and thinking that we know all that there is to know you know yeah.
1: mm-hmm. i understand i agree a hundred percent yes and that's that's my my part of being a sales rep is always to listen first
0: yeah well always. it's it's a skill that uh takes a lot of practice and training which is a great segue to my next topic because i want to talk a bit about fitness because yes. you and i know each other through fitness When you were in Quebec and I probably butcher the pronunciation on that all the time, (laughs) (laughs) but when you were there, what, what was your fitness routine like, like in your youth and all of that stuff?
1: So fitness. um, So I'm going to jump into another subject, but uh, something happened in my life. Maybe later on we can talk about it. Um, And so it, it, you know, when you have a traumatic Experience in your life, and then suddenly my heart started to beat like very, very fast. And I went to the hospital, and I was diagnosed with uh, a panic attack. Is it anxiety attack? I think that's what we say. And so I started taking medication, and that was in 2007. I started taking medication, and then as the time goes, when the medication is not doing the job anymore, they increase the dose, the dosage. So they increase it and I was gaining weight and I was like, oh my God, I need to do something about this. So I read online and I started doing my own exercise, subscribe to a gym, getting out of my comfort zone. When you're starting to work out, you feel like everybody's watching you at the gym and especially when you think that you you are overweight. It's like, I don't know, it was really hard for me to get off my comfort zone, but I did it because I wanted to quit medication i didn't want to take medication anymore so i started my journey into fitness in 2010 and i was just working out from a gym i had a personal trainer um, and then i moved to radium hot spring where i went back to university another story and then i met uh, tamila she at the time she was 50 years old and she did her first competitions And she became my personal trainer, and she taught me so many things about fitness. And we did so many things together. Like, I was very active. Like, I I would run maybe, like, a 10K a day and then jump on the bike for, like, two hours and then go to the gym and then come back. And, well, that's the BC lifestyle, I guess. So, and that's what I was doing. And then I moved back again to Quebec, and then I went back to gym only. So, I've been working out since 2010. Uh, some people ask me, why do you work out? Like, you work out so much. And I say, if I don't work out, my body starts to shake and I can feel it, right? So I can skip one day. But other than that, I have to do it. uh, Like, I can feel my anxiety coming back.
0: So have you found that it's been, like, enough of an enhancement that you don't need the medication anymore?
1: Oh, yes, I don't need it. It's honestly, it's the best medication that I can, that I can have. It's, and it's a good thing when I can feel my body shaking or stressing and having anxiety, I know it's time for me to work out. So either I will jump on the bike or I would just, uh, we have our gym in the basement. Um, but I'm not like, if you ask me to go for a walk. It's not fast enough for me. I like when things are fast. (laughs) So it's like I have to jump on a bike and do something that's going to be fast and that my head is going to go away.
0: Totally. So what was life like when you first uh, encountered this anxiety? Like what were you going through at that time?
1: So in 2007, I lost my first child. Um, It's it's a long journey, but I have Six pregnancies. I have no children that are alive. It's all different cases, so I'm kind of a big case for medicate for doctors and gynecologists. But um, I, the Ezekiel was my first son. Uh, I gave birth, and he died at birth. And so after that, uh, for me, what I found that helped me the most, I found a French community worldwide from friends from quebec that had lost their children and so i became friends with them we still talk to each other at least once a week um and that helped me to go to go through this really hard phase because when you lose a child honestly i don't think there is anything else that that hurts more than losing your own children your own like it comes from you right and after that i became pregnant again, and I lost my second child. And at the same time, my grandfather passed away on the same day. So it was kind of, I think all this going through, it was so emotional. And this happened in August. And then, um, in November, I had my first panic attack. Like it took two months before the first panic attack came. Right. And the first panic attack was I had four coffees during my day. And I thought it was like so much coffee that I went to the hospital and that's where they announced that this was it. So the first part uh, was having like losing my children made me doing some anxiety and after that medication and then leading me to fitness. When I started gaining weight, I think I was heavier with the medication than my pregnancies. And so I said, you know what? I can't, I can't live like that anymore. I felt like I had no energy being on the medication. Like I was just always on my couch, not doing anything, being so lazy. And so I asked my doctor if I could stop the medication and he said, uh, well, you're not supposed to stop this like this. And I read online and slowly, like I was like, instead of taking it every day, I started taking like every two or three days. And I know that's not something that you're supposed to do, but I was listening to my body and I felt like if I needed it, I was gonna take the medication. Other than that, I was just working out, working out, working out. When I started, to be honest, I was like so shy that I knew I was not doing the right thing at the gym. But when I hired, I, I heard a professional, um, a trainer, this is where everything changed like my perception of training, the way I was working out. And now it's, it's part of my life, right?
0: In that time of anxiety, what kind of emotions were going through your mind? Like, I can imagine the times when I felt anxious, I felt pretty scared and uncertain of like, the future. It's it's usually like, We'll use this pandemic as an example. A lot of people are under some different form of stress or uncertainty or anxiety, and it's like they're really attached to um, what their expectations are of tomorrow, and they don't know what to make those expectations out to be because there's no um, parameters to this whole social distancing we don't know if this is going to last till June or July or September or August and as a result it's like causing us to um, worry more about this thing that we know don't know about than we would say if it was like three months previous to today when we also don't know what's going to happen three months down the road but we just aren't going to admit that we don't know we just think that we know So with with anxiety, what what kind of emotions were you going through?
1: So when I did my anxiety, the thing is, when you do, I'm not sure if it's panic attack. There is a a word exactly for the it's actually it happens when your brain is slowing down. So let's say I'm watching TV, not thinking about anything. I can start feeling it. Right. And then this is, um, my doctor explained to me it has to do with this serotonin that's in your body. So it's like, and then you feel that you're going to die. That's exactly how I felt like, and I knew at first I didn't know, but when you know that that's what it is, you know, that this is coming. And when this happens, I need someone to be close to me and just, just to touch me. It, Chris, it happened to me last time in the plane. And I was next to someone and I asked him just to touch my hand because I was like I thought and I know I'm not gonna die. I know what it is, I know it's a panic attack, but you feel that you're out of breath. Like like something is gonna happen, but you don't you don't know what's gonna happen, but something is gonna happen. And then when someone touches me, it's like I'm still alive. Like I can feel them touching me. So I in my head I'm like, Okay, I'm still alive. It's that's that's how panic attacks are happening to me i know everyone is different i read a lot of books i also asked my family to read books about this because people are like why are you panicking about and i'm like i'm not panicking about anything it's just my body is like shaking and my heart is beating fast and but there's nothing like it's and it always happens when i'm relaxed
0: yeah well you'd be surprised to know like how many people out in the world are going to be able to relate to that. Um, What I've learned in being like an old soul and an empath is like, I tend to have this uh, built in sensor where I'm like, Oh, that person's been through something. And then as I get to know more and more people, I'm like this This story or this revelation from this individual is probably going to help 50 people today. And if you looked at them, like for you, you're working in the the beauty industry, you're seeing a lot of appearances. Guaranteed, those appearances would not reveal those characteristics of that person. Um, I wouldn't be able to even pick them out. It's always going to blindside us. So now we're living in a state of social distancing, social isolation, where it is mandated that we must stay as far away from people, as far away from making that contact, that connection that helps you as possible. What was your first knee jerk reaction to the day that you knew that you had to stay home and that you had to be distanced from other people?
1: my first reaction was like oh i'm gonna have time to do this <laughs> that's the first time I'm like okay but now it's like after three days i'm like oh my god i'm starting to miss people i miss seeing people and it's like and i since in quebec i felt like for the first time they were more advanced in what was coming right they kind of um like a week ahead or maybe two weeks ahead like they were closing things and so I knew what was happening, and I could see them in Quebec, and I knew that it was going to come here, too, right? I miss seeing people. I'm so happy that we have the community sweat, right? I'm like, I'm following each other. Chris, the video you did about the bike, like, I was telling everybody, like, that made me laugh. It's just like, see, that's even though we're social distancing, like social media is what's bringing us together. I miss people. I I miss seeing people. I miss seeing my clients. But you know what? I think this had to happen with, we were going nowhere. Like the society, I think this is just like, it's going to bring back the value of people. Like we're going to change our mind. Like, and sometimes I'm driving and I'm crying just because, I realized that we're all in the same boat, like worldwide. People in Italy, like in France, we're all stuck at home. Like everybody is stuck at home. It's like, it's not just like one province or it's everybody and seeing, I don't know. It's just like, we're all human at the end and nothing's gonna replace the humanity, right? It's just like, so yeah, I, It's putting me back into perspective and I'm seeing this as a positive thing.
0: Absolutely. But with that being said, I know that a lot of people are going through some tough days and I know that there's going to be some tough days to come. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you able to walk us through one of your toughest days so far during this whole process?
1: I would say I'm keeping myself so busy, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I, and I try, I'm a positive person and I try to be as positive as I can. I just, I would say so far, probably the day that I called my grandmother and we FaceTime together and she's home, she's safe, but she's almost 90. Yeah. Almost nine. Well, if she's not 90, she's almost 90. And so just like, seeing her and my grandmother likes to dress up and likes to do her little things and seeing her in her pajamas, no energy. And I'm like, that's, that made me sad. Also knowing that lots of people don't have work right now is also what's making me sad because some people work with clients only, right? So there is no way for them to make money and hopefully the government is going to do something. But again, Right, What's going to happen later on, that's also something that stresses me. So I think, and this morning I had a friend of mine from Montreal, I didn't even know, she's uh, 33 and she's been, on. it's her 11 days with the, cl- um, the virus. And she said, trust me, Sarah, this is not just a virus. This is like way stronger than we think like just the regular flu. Like she said, I thought I was gonna die. She said, "It's the first time I can like breathe a little." So that's also something that at first I was like, "Oh, whatever." Media, media is always negative, and you think that this is just something that whatever they're just putting emphasis and and faces on this. But yeah, that she could have passed away. So
0: yeah, well, I mean, in my perspective so far one thing that happened i have some relatives in denmark and they started communicating with me more since this has all happened a lot of people are interested in seeing the perspective from other parts of the world Um, leading up to this um, i have a friend with family in spain and i have a podcast guest that i talked to who was in hong kong when we spoke i've been able to see so many different points of view and in all the media that we see that gets shared from Italy and stuff. It's just like, it's very real. And it's not that uh, being consumed by fear is going to be advantageous to us. But um, this is a time when if you are blunt to a person to stay in their own damn house and not go to a friend's house, that's going to be for the better good. I had a conversation with one of my friends who came to Canada from Germany has lived in Canada for almost a decade now, but his, his family's still in Germany. And it's one of the scariest moments that they've ever been through in their life. And because it's a pandemic. And I think a lot of people forget, like, what is a pandemic by definition? It is something that is like a crisis that is felt by the entire world. (laughs) So it's like, how many times is this going to happen in your lifetime? and what else are you going to have to compare it to and you will have nothing to compare it to because this is probably hopefully in best case scenario only going to happen to each of us once in our life unless we live to be 120 years old but um we have to do it we have to do it right the thing that really um shook me like i was already self-isolating already staying in my house already doing the right things but to hear that is just knocking out 25 year olds that are fit. Like someone that works out every day, someone that has balanced nutrition, someone that gets enough sleep and they get hit with with this COVID-19 and then they are done. And that is it. That's all she wrote. And it was just such enlightening perspective. And it kind of taught me like, Hey, like if, if ever there was a time where like love wins where compassion wins, now is the time but is not going to get that way by just um, sitting down and just watching the world pass you by. There's certain things that as members of community, as just human beings that we're almost called to do. And we're not in a state where we're like, I don't have time because we have all kinds of time. We have more time than we've ever had before to yeah. um, just randomly message people, um, send them like little video messages, like, The crazy thing with Instagram is you can just like sprinkle fun video messages to people. Like you can just DM somebody, record the video and be like, hey, thinking about you. Or you can send them like a silly video of you dancing. And the impact that you can have on somebody else is incredible. And at first I thought like maybe I should just tell a couple people. And then I was like, well, actually, what if I talk to a whole bunch of people about this and then a bunch of people do it? And it's, I think we tend to underestimate the impact that we can have on other people. So I want to ask you after I've rambled on for about five minutes, what is it, what is the time that you have felt that you have had an impact on somebody, whether it has been professionally or personally? And what did that feel like?
1: Now I'm trying to think, but, um,
0: it I can be say, like a time that you were like a mentor. It can be all kinds of different instances.
1: Yes, I would say professionally is it happens to me a lot with my clients. Like I still talk to all my clients when I used to be a rep, right? So I would say and the, the thing that, that they keep telling me is that some of them are still in business because of me being there and helping them. Uh, or let's say someone was starting her new business, and she decided to open with the brand I was working for, and so I helped her build her business. And seeing them today where they are, like this, is to me I would say so rewarding. When I started my social media, I'm it doesn't it doesn't show, but I'm very shy, and I didn't want to have social media because I wanted to put people upfront versus me right i was like oh my god i can't do this and then my clients were motivating me to start my own social media but other than that seeing other people succeed is and if i can help them succeed that's what makes me happy in the personal uh personal life i would say when I lost my children and I joined the French community called Les, Les Petits Anges au Paradis, and then um, what I started to do is creating a board of women that had lost their children trying to get pregnant again, because that's also something that is very hard, right? You know, it's not it's not going to be an easy pregnancy. You're going to be stressed out for the 12 weeks. You're going to be stressed, stressed out for the nine months. So it's like getting back into their, like, so I created the board, I was, um, they gave me like their date of their period, their relating date. And we were like, I would say at one point, I, it's funny cause I looked at it recently and it's been many years, but we were like over a hundred women trying to get pregnant again. And just, we were all cheering everybody. I think, see, now Now you're making me realize that I like creating community and I love people again. But yes, and that's, when I think about this, that's also something that I'm very, very happy. I'm no longer in this group because I don't really have time. And I think that as the year goes, there's also new women that they build their own kind of relationship with the ones that just lived like the loss of their children. Um, but we still talk to each other and so and we're also very like someone recently chris one of the girls she lost her baby at the same time as i did she had her hope baby that we called and so her whole baby was eight years old and he had a tumor in his legs he's in france and so everyone from the world like we all cheered up and prepared like a group for him and just like it's It it is strong and I'm proud of this. Very proud.
0: I love that. It's amazing what can happen when a group of people come together and from all different backgrounds, from all different uh, basically life experiences. Like we don't know how much we have in common until we lean into the things that break us open, essentially.
1: Exactly. And when you lose a child... People will say, and it's not a bad thing, but people will always say, you know what, the next one is going to be the good one, or maybe you can't have a boy. Uh, it's just like people are trying to find things to say because they don't know what to say because they've never been through a lo- losing their, ch- their child, right? So having women that knew what it was, really like they weren't going to say things, to, they, like they would tell me the things that I wanted to hear, right? Yeah. So I think exactly like you said, when we've been through this, we're all sharing together.
0: Yeah, and I can imagine how much more helpful that would be to have someone that has the intuition or the experience to understand how to be with you through those times or be with anybody. So when it comes to role models and mentors, who have been your role models and mentors, either professionally, personally, over the last like 10 years or so?
1: My mother, always. Um, My mother used to be a, I don't know if it's the English word, but a a deputy, a federal deputy. Okay, yeah. And so, yeah, so she like, I've seen her working really, really hard. She worked for a couple of years. And so always there, Um, she's a strong woman. I admire her. She also really cares about people, right? So I think (laughs) I have this from her. Uh, But other than my family, one person that um, I think, and I still talk to her, she is the one that gave me the opportunity to become a sales rep at 24 years old. She was my boss. And so she saw things in me that others didn't see, I guess and her name is Valerie, and we still talk to each other. And she was, yeah, helped me a lot in my career, helped me making the decision, getting out of my comfort zone, yeah.
0: What was your inner dialogue when you talk about getting out of your comfort zone? A lot of us, are we're our own worst enemy, our own worst critic. I know for myself personally, that's whenever I'm about to make a big jump, that's gonna better me. Um, I'm usually the person who has the most hate to to give to myself. But uh, once I get past that, then it's usually a pretty pivotal moment, either in my personal life or professional life. For you, what kind of like inner dialogue was going through your head as you were going out of your comfort zone? Oh
1: my God, you don't want to be in my head. (laughs) It happens to me. Uh, And again today, Uh, but I think it's just like, and it depends on what's going on, but I'm like, I'm not going to be enough. That's probably what it is. Like people are not going to like me. People are just going to judge me or it's, and this happens a lot in my head. Like people hate me or it's, so I don't know, but I think that's what it is. Like this morning, let's say (laughs) I was probably like, oh, is he going to understand my English or right? So (laughs) it's, it's just like, I know, I know it's, it's just ridiculous but it these little things that sometimes in your head just go and then you're i have to do this this is going to be fine and we're going to be done we're going to get over it when i became a sales rep doing prospection getting into salon and like like how am i going to present myself or how am i going to do this people are just going to say leave i don't have time i don't want to see you and so i found my own way right and it's Last time we did some prospection in Vancouver and I was with the sales director of the company that I freelance for and so we went prospecting and we went out and she, she said to me, she said, I can't believe you're the first rep that I've seen That you go in, they'd never see you. Like it's the first time that they meet you and they show you their room. They show you the place. Like they want to sit down with you. Like usually people just say, you know what, leave. I don't have time. So I found my own way to get in and to create fast relationship. And now they want to show me more about their business.
0: What do you think it is about you that uh, stands out that creates those quick relationships?
1: Listening. I go there and I, first, I do not necessarily present myself. I ask about them. I want to know them, right? And and I do listen. I'm not just there, okay, whatever, I need to listen. I really listen to what they're saying, right? And that's probably what they feel, right? My strength as being a sales rep is creating relationship, but rel- strong relationship with trust. And I think, and I do this very, very fast. So I think my, it's hard for me to to explain, but I'm pretty sure it's by listening, but very listening, like,
0: yeah. Well, it's easily transferable to any industry. I know that one of the most underrated skills for personal trainers or anybody in fitness is uh, working on communication and being able to listen better, show compassion, like. We can uh, learn how to bill people and set them up on monthly reoccurring um, contracts. Or we can learn to retain them through integrity and trust and compassion, where we don't have to assign them to a contract. And I think it's just that's not the easy way, but I think it's the right way. And I think a lot of people benefit from doing that, especially if they want to be doing something for a long period of time like how long have you been in like the the skin care industry
1: i've been since 2005 so 15 years this year um i knew i wanted to be an esthetician but i wanted to be more right so i i started as an esthetician a laser technician and then customer service and then for companies and for bigger companies and it's just and I when I started I worked for a company for about eight years I would say seven years and then after that uh, I started working for Unilever you you know Unilever it's yeah they have Dermalogica is quite popular here so I worked for Dermalogica and then when I worked for Dermalogica it was an English brand in a French province right so it it was really hard for me to implement the English mentality into the French if I can say that and when I did that I said you know what I'm going to contact influencers I'm going to do my best because I want to rock my territory so I contacted influencers um, and it's just it lead me like to marketing and stuff like that right so I've touched a lot of things being in the beauty industry. Yes, my first, first, first diploma is a And after that, I did some sales training and I did some marketing. And so I'm kind of all over the beauty industry. I can tell you a lot. I work for a pharmaceutical company and this is when I worked for a pharmaceutical company that I realized that my mentality in working with the skin has changed completely like we and then I can go on and on. But we there's products that are very irritating skin. And this used to be the best product in the world. But we realized that by irritating the skin, we're creating other problems. Right. So my philosophy in the aesthetic industry is respecting your skin. Right. And everyone is different. Everyone is different. And so our skin is right. And our skin is our biggest organ. Like it protects, it was, our skin is there to protect the rest of our organs, but just a simple paper cut and you're going to, like, it's going to be painful, right? So it's, I think that if we can change our philosophy about irritating the skin and working in like harmony and respecting our skin and the less is better, it really is, really, really is.
0: Well, I mean, that can also be like used for any kind of a wellness routine fitness um, any nutrition aspect because sometimes simplicity is a better solution than making it complicated like there there's so much to benefit from having a normal sleep schedule in times of uncertainty uh honing in on your sleep schedule and getting your eight hours each night is going to have you go into your day with much more clarity um with much a greater sense of calm better recovery from your workouts which help to reduce anxiety um it allows your body to do what your body is designed to do we don't give ourselves enough credit for what our body can do on its own and we're so concerned about adding other things or enhancing other things but it's just like start from the inside and work yourself outward fill your bucket and allow yourself to fill other buckets when when you have had your sleep when you have taken care of yourself in the way that you need such as fitness and good nutrition and such
1: yes absolutely agree a hundred percent
0: so in, in any given week, what, what are the things that need to happen for you to keep your bucket full? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, do you mean professionally or personally?
0: Just for you to be the best version of you. So it could be like a, a crossover between personally and professionally, but it's more likely to be mostly your personal lifestyle routine.
1: Um, I'd like to have, uh, and I don't know that a lot of people are saying this right now, but more time to like work out, like to really work out and, uh, focus like, cause the skin pro in French is keeping me very busy right now, but I'd like to work more for the English version because I think that this community, the skin pro community can really improve the beauty industry right um it's it's a different world and i always say that i think all industry are different worlds this one is very particular because we're in between right uh the medical side with medical instruments and also just working as what like knowing our limits so that's what that's what i'd like to do chris i'd like to really focus on the skin pros the english version to raise
0: That makes sense. And I like that uh, you talk about working out and you had a sense of skepticism towards that as though it's like you'd like to work out, but you don't know if you could work out as much as you'd like to. So what's your biggest obstacle? Is it time?
1: Yes, time. And the thing is, when I wake up, I should not open my computer and I shouldn't open my phone. And that's the thing I'm doing right now is that as soon as I open my eye, all I'm thinking is, okay, did I answer this? Did I answer that? Like I'm kind of, and I know sometimes I'm skipping messages and I'm like, Oh, I forgot to answer. And then I have to go back. So instead of just having my coffee, reading my book, I just jump on my computer. And then suddenly I realize I've been there for two or three hours and now it's like, okay, I have 30 minutes to work out. So, and that's the thing that I, and I try to work out in the afternoon and at night, but I'm a morning person. Like I have to do this in the morning. So I, if, I tried, but I, I just can't. So I have to find the balance. I'm hoping that tomorrow is going to be the first day where, where I'm going to have more time to just say, you know what, today I'm not opening my computer and I'm just going to do my workout. And when I'm done, then I'm going to be starting to work.
0: So as a, as a sales rep, as a business person, how do you schedule your appointments, your meetings, and your consultations and uh, appointments?
1: So... Right now, it's kind of it's so for education. I'm not doing training right now, right? Because we don't like I can't travel, so that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Uh, so my tra- my meetings are all scheduled in advance, um, and then behind that, I try to like work with Skin Pro. It's 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 that's the good. thing. Question: because you know what it's kind of usually I'm very very organized and now it's like okay now I have time to do this but then I have time to do this and I'm trying to do everything all at once while when I before I was very very organized where I knew like in three weeks it was gonna happen at that time so I'm taking day by day and I receive lots of messages and I'm trying to answer everybody also Uh, I have my online store that's keeping me busy and I've built it my own. So like I, I'm i learning at the same time, which I love because I'm like, I think that's the best way to, to learn is to do it on yourself, like on your own, right? And learn from mistakes that you're doing. So that's,
0: yes. <laughs> I'm gonna challenge you. So yes. I'm, I'm getting the vibe of what you are going through with your obstacles and working out. And from my conversations of other people, there's a lot of people that have shared experiences and it's just like our our expectations that we had of the future. And you, you talked about how you had a very strict schedule before, but now it's just like you're trying to do all these things at once. Um, when it comes to productivity, something that I've learned is, is just like, don't try to do more than one thing at once because no matter how good you are at multitasking, you're going to probably get it done faster if you focus on one thing at a time. And then when it comes to um, just getting the things done, like one thing that I've found helpful is um, making yourself aware of the things that you do do so that you can kind of reveal the the weak points in your day. So for myself, if I was totally bluntly honest with my day, I probably spend like 30 or 40% more time on social media than I need to. I could reduce that by um, taking my day, writing out exactly what I do when I get out of bed, writing out when that ends, then writing out the next thing I do when that ends, the next thing I do when that ends, and then approaching the, the second day with more structure. And whether it be you use a microwave timer or the scheduling app in your phone, but actually like, scheduling every task in your day just like you are a boss scheduling your employee because essentially when we're socially isolated we are going to be our own employee and especially for like business owners and self-employed people and people who are trying to continue with their education you're the employee of something greater than that one day you're trying to make the wheel operate proficiently to move Forward, despite all the external elements. And so yeah. my, my challenge for you is seeing as how we have seen how there, there might be an opportunity for improvement with workout schedule, schedule yeah. your workout just like an appointment. Then schedule each task individually, just like appointments. But also, because we're trying to keep our bucket full, um, schedule your check-ins with friends just like appointments, like at maybe 4pm or 5pm. I know that's a time when I find myself doing it. Um, It would be great to check in with these people that, and we talked about how our, uh, how our first impression of people who have been through struggle, we're always wrong. Like we, we can never quite nail it. We can understand that a lot of people feel what we feel but it's really hard to identify which people are feeling it today or which people are feeling which thing, which people are going through anxiety attacks, which people are, uh, have had to go through loss without having heard this podcast. A lot of people aren't going to know the things about you that they know today. They're going to see you as someone working in the beauty industry. They're going to see you as someone who is successful. They're going to see you as someone who is fit and now they understand more, but we don't understand more unless we have the conversations. And I find that social connection is going to be one of the most things that fosters resiliency in us out of anything that possibly could. Because so many times in this episode, we talked about community and the value that it has had in us and it how it has uh, helped us and talking about connection, like that actual connection that you talked about on the plane. And it's so imperative. Like it's, it's such a, a good takeaway and like I kind of went off on a tangent, but, uh, I'm I'm a personal trainer. It's in my nature to, to help people better themselves.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm gonna keep you posted. Good. I'm gonna let you know how it's going. It's gonna be my challenge for this for the rest of the week, for the rest of what's happening right now. Yes? I think that's a very good idea. And like I said, I use I'm very organized. I just right now it's like, okay, this is happening and I'm I feel like I'm losing time. Right?
0: Well it's like it's that negative self-talk yeah. that we all do. We're our own worst enemy. Like we're facing an obstacle that we are totally prepared for. It could yeah. get really challenging. It could be really tough and we're not going to be able to get through it by ourselves. But it's nothing that we can't handle. Like we're okay. We can do this. Yeah. And so when we think about it that way, when we empower ourselves a bit more, and when we lean on our strongest capabilities, like for you to be a sales rep, feeling alone, going from place to place, scheduling yourself, defying that uh, whole statement of you're you're too young for this. Well, a lot of people are going to be feeling like um, they're too financially vulnerable to go through this. They're too alone. They are too without something, like they are too disadvantaged there's no reason that they can't conquer it anyways. There's no reason why they can't show up with two feet in and just kick some ass. And so it's going to be a time when a lot of people need to be checked in on and reminded that they kick ass and they take names. And it's going to be a time when a lot of people are going to believe in themselves more than they've ever believed in themselves before. And when they're going to have to fill their bucket first by leaning into these communications, by prioritizing that fitness, that helps with the, the anxiety, which so many people have. So many people, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, a lot of people are struggling with battles that we know nothing about, which oh makes it God, so Jesus. much more important to uh, come together through the internet because that's the only thing that we have right now and get creative and innovative in the ways that we do connect and not just make it about messages, but make it about silly video and audio, send people voicemails for no reason, Fill up, fill up their emails with uh, funny cat memes and just be obnoxious about it because we are empowered to do that. We have all the time in the world for this stuff.
1: Yes. You should do a part two of your bike.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like I did I did the yoga one too and I just, the thing that I worry about is somebody's offended. I'm like, oh. damn it. But at the same time, this is a sentiment that will leave people with There are times when I wake up in the morning and I haven't even left my bed, and I am certain that something has offended someone. And it's just, sometimes we need to not be so concerned about what other people think, and we need to be more focused on, are we happy? Are we doing what feels right in our heart? Are we following our gut? Are we doing the right thing and leading our life with integrity? Because if we are, then what does it matter if someone else got butt hurt over something that they misunderstood or some f- first impression that they got wrong? Because that's going to happen a lot, and it's and just you know what, yeah.
1: Chris, yeah. And most of the time, it's not even us, right? Yeah. The, like it's it's a reflection of of the other person, and that's something that for me, what I learned is like just to stop myself, and just like you said, asking myself, "Am I being like?" having integrity with myself like is this what i really think right and move on because if we stop ourselves there (laughs) oh boy our days are gonna be long
0: yeah like we're in this for the long haul we gotta be our biggest fan because sometimes we're gonna need that and we're always gonna have people to pick us up again but nobody can take better care of ourselves than we can So when it comes to advice, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Do the things that you love, not for someone you love, right? Or like it's if you do this, it's because it's making you happy, not because it's making someone else happy. And I've learned this because I always wanted to please everybody. I always wanted everybody to love me and it wasn't happening. Right. So I'm like, when I started my company in Edmonton where it's like, it's going to be two years that we moved here and uh, actually today we arrived today, two years ago. <laughs> so April 1st. Yes. So, I mean, um, It was a big decision because when we moved here, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to start all over again, build my name, build my, and I started my company, which I never thought I would. And because right now I'm doing what I love and I'm putting my vision ahead, which I've, I used to do it for the companies, for others, because I wanted others to like me. So I think that's what it is. And sometimes we have, we create ourselves barriers. Yeah, and we shouldn't. We should just listen to our little voice that's inside and really do it. Right. My vision is different and I know, and I was talking to Chan. And when I met Chan for the first time, I was explaining to him that this is what my vision is. And I know some people won't like it, but you know what? That's what I see and that's what I like. And to be honest with you, I've never been this happy.
0: So a lot of people are gonna be starting fresh and feeling the exact same way that you felt when you came and moved here. Um, And the starting fresh is heavily influenced by everything going on in the world, but they might not see it as a, a fresh start. They might just see it as an end point. So if we saw it as a fresh start, what piece of advice would you have for them knowing that they are starting fresh with a sense of uncertainty and self-doubt?
1: Well, I'm going to be transparent here. There's going to be doubts every day. You're going to put yourself into perspective every day. Am I doing the right thing? Should I maybe stop and go to the, like the easiest position? Um, like, and that's normal. I think that's very, very normal and that's what's going to keep you moving. Right? So, but if deep down inside, this is really something that you want, that you see yourself, do it. Do it. I've met Farah. Everybody knows Farah. <laughs> but I've met Farah, and I always wanted to have my skincare clinic. Always. But you know what? Just like everybody, uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Or there's too many others. What am I? How am I going to do it? And then Farah came and she had a treatment, a skin treatment. And she said to me, she said, you should open your own place, girl. <laughs> That's what she said. I'm like, oh my God, Farah. She goes, yeah, yeah. And then she started sending me places in and I'm like, okay, okay, and then I started doing it. And I think, well, Farah is also a big mentor for me and she's probably for a lot of people. But yeah, because she believed in me, she made me believe in myself. And now I'm like, I know that this is something that everyone can do. If you really like what you're doing, if you really, from it, and then that's okay to start new. And if it doesn't work, it's also okay. That's part of life. And like I said, if we all learn from our mistakes, right? Yeah. Even though someone tells you to not do it, you'll do it anyway, right? Because you want to do it. So just do it.
0: Just do it. I feel, I feel like
1: I'm in a night commercial right now, <laughs> right? But no, it's, it's, it's true. Like, do it and keep moving because you're at the right position at the right time. And one day you'll wake up and be really happy and proud. And that's going to mean that you're in, on your ex, like you're at the right place.
0: Absolutely. So it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you, Chris. I just want to say something before I leave. Um, your podcast is really life changing. Like I said to you at first, it feels like we know we get to know people without having met them, if that makes sense. And it's like, I feel like I have some friends with your <laughs> podcast, even though I've never met them. We yeah. talk to each other on Instagram or, or Facebook and I feel like I know them. So, Keep doing because
0: it's well, very nice you. to have you. As of the release of this episode, I've hit a major milestone with the lifestyle chase and the Real Talk episodes. Since I started the podcast in September 2018, I have accumulated 20,000 listens across all the episodes. And it's not a milestone for a podcast host in general, but it's a milestone for me as an individual, and it means a lot. And I can't thank you guys enough for the support of every episode up to this point, and every episode that will happen in the future. One thing that I'm working on is growing the audience of the At The Lifestyle Chase page on Instagram. And if that is something that you would like to help me with, please go follow At The Lifestyle Chase on Instagram. And then share that account with a friend. Just show someone one of your favorite episodes. There's posts that uh, either give an audio preview or a brief description. You can even just share your favorite episode in general and not worry about the account at all. But that is definitely a way that helps to elevate me and empower me and it means the world your challenge for the day, because on at the lifestyle chase on Instagram, I will do episode challenges, which I've started to do over the last five episodes. And today's episode challenge is to claim structure back in your day. So during a time when structure seems to be non existent, I want you to own it, I want you to claim it. The second part of that challenge is to believe in yourself a little bit more. So what are you going to do? that you kind of were telling yourself that you couldn't do that you were your own worst enemy for and i want you to report back to the comments when other people see others in their circle achieve big things it not only holds you accountable with the big thing that you're striving to achieve but it inspires confidence in others other people are vicariously living through every big accomplishment that you do So every time that you are doing something that is tough, that is bettering yourself, understand that there are people watching, that there are people inspired by you, and that you are impacting change. Thanks for listening. Please help me share this podcast and have yourself a good day.